0: how do you even make friends as an adult are are we adults we'll fact check that later (laughs) hey hey and welcome
1: back an episode of spark for spark i am amy and i am here with rachel and we are talking about making friends as adults in case you are new we are going through a random crazy jar of questions to ask each other um we met professionally we're trying to get to know each other now on a personal level which feels super weird and backwards um but i'm so glad that you are along for this crazy adventure if you have a question that you want to see us ask each other just email us at um i think it's hello at sparkforspark.com. Um, And we will put it on here live. If you are watching on YouTube, just drop it in the comments. Um, However you want to participate, that's great. And if you have an answer to one of the questions that we are asking, please let us know. We want to get to know you too. So without further ado, hello, Rachel. And uh, if you want to say hi, that's great. And if not, grab the jar. Let's go.
0: Hi. Hi. I, I didn't know that we had a fancy email address, but as people get to know us, I they think they're starting to know that you are the person who knows that we have things. And I'm the person who has to be reminded that we're in the middle of recording. Yes.
1: I am the <laughs> admin friend. I, so here's a fun fact about me. I'm the admin friend. <laughs> like if you, if you need a thing that needs organizing, if you have information that looks one way and needs to look a different way, I'm, I'm that friend always i'm going to group calendar
0: <laughs> speaking of i still need to send you my list of like how i need my my things oh, yeah, organized yeah. but like i'm not smart enough to figure out how to organize it
1: i don't know that it's a matter i don't know if it's a matter of intelligence i think it's a matter of like enjoyment of like weird well, details of things like it's a yeah for you that's like a chore for me that's like a fun saturday night so <laughs> i think it's
0: just a difference in perspective so so I actually don't know when this one got put in there because I feel like we had a very specific conversation. We were like, gee, I hope that doesn't come up, but I, I very distinctly have proposal slash engagement story. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Like, did that go in before we were like, you know, what we shouldn't talk
1: about. No, I think, or I think did we we you having we a conversation. Should. I think what happened was we were having a conversation about something else that shouldn't go in the jar. um I swear there I swear there are topics that are verboten people um no what happened was I started to tell you my engagement story and then stopped and said no put it in the jar (laughs) Yes, that.
0: I was going to say I would not have come up with that one myself so that had to have been you but also I I figured I thought I remembered a but sp- yeah. you're right I think we were discussing something else that shouldn't go yeah in there. so
1: one one thing about this podcast that's been really fun and interesting as we are getting to know each other as friends is that I find sometimes we'll just stop and be like put it in the jar or like we're having a conversation and we kind of don't want to stop the conversation. And it just comes out as like, put, put that in the, put, put this in the jar for me.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it's been really interesting. Um, You know how sometimes you get to know somebody and like um, if you accidentally know some of the same people, like the other people will just assume, you know, something about that Mm -hmm. person, like in casual conversation, like we're not here talking about, each other or anything like that. I'm the type of person where I could know the most benign piece of information about you. And if somebody says it to me, I will act like I've never heard that piece of information before, because I don't, it's not my business. I don't know what thing you want people to know. Like, you know, Oh, this big thing happened in my life or like I bought new tile for the kitchen. Like, I just don't pretend I, I pretend I know nothing no matter Mm. what. And so, like, it's been really interesting, too, talking about um, if there were any things that were just, like, genuinely off limits in our lives, and I think... That is a really important conversation for people to have, like, what things am I feeling comfortable weirdly with you as a brand new friend that I don't want you sharing with everybody? And those are basically essentially the topics that each of us have brought to the table where we're like,
1: no, thank you. If we
0: come here, like, <laughs> then we're going to have to take a different turn. And so I would encourage people too to really talk about those things. Like what things mm-hmm. don't, don't you share with everybody that you might be sharing with me? Because sometimes you have a weird connection with somebody that you don't have with somebody else. And they might never know. And this person you've known for like, Six -hmm. weeks, we'll know, you know, and so yeah.
1: And it can be some funny stuff. I think, like through our own conversations, like you and I, like we met professionally, and so like we understand just sort of in like understanding how we sort of approach our jobs, kind of what you know, like we we say things, and like there's sort of the confidentiality bounds are like Mm -hmm. obvious because we both work in the same space, and we would just never like it would never occur to me to say some things outside of our personal relationship, just because. We met in such a way that I know that we share things, you know, just like as I don't know, as colleagues, I feel like I share people who work in the same space as me. I share very different things because I know that you're evolved. Right. <laughs> like, yes. It's kind yeah. of implied. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely had um, a couple of people in my life. I, ca- I call it like kind of trading information as currency, where they use stories about you to connect with other people. um it's sort of like that insertion of like oh like this person used to be like really heavy and they lost a lot of weight or this person has like a mental health issue and they worked really hard to sort of overcome it um I find like it's usually said with like a positive intention like here's information that I know about this person that's going to help connect the two of you but it's also like deeply private things right like I was on um my husband and I used to go to um this restaurant it was like right by our house He lived there forever. And so like, it was kind of like a hole in the wall. It was like delicious food. Um, But I was taking uh, medication at the time and I gained over a hundred pounds in four years. Like it was terrifying because I felt like, like I was very disorderly eating, (laughs) like trying to sort of feel like I was in my own body again. Like I was doing everything I could and the weight was just piling on. Like when I bought my wedding dress, I bought it a year in advance and I bought it two sizes bigger than I was at the time anticipating that it was going to fit. And it was honestly a little tight when I got it and the people were shocked. And I was like, well, I've been on this medication for a while and I kind of know how it goes. Um, and so I came off of it. I trained for my first marathon and I lost like the whole weight and more, um, and like not promoting that as a thing. Like it just got back into my regular body. Again, yeah, it just it but, right? yeah. but like when we were going to this restaurant, it was a very mom and pop place. And so like, I'd be sitting there eating my dinner and like, we called her mama. She was like, It was mama and papa who ran the thing. Um, And so like mama would be there and she'd be talking to other patrons and I could hear her and she'd be like pointing at me, telling people that I didn't know how proud she was of me because I used to be like hundreds of pounds heavier and like how proud she was of me that I lost it. I'm like, I'm just sitting here (laughs) eating my dinner. And now this person who has no idea who I am knows that I struggled with this really public thing. Like, right. Like we can talk about like body images, body positivity, whatever, as we come through here, but like, it's hard living in that space. Like it's hard living in that space. And like, I'm kind of moving back into that space now. And it feels uncomfortable mostly because like, it hurts to do the kind of exercises that I want to do. So like that feels problematic to me. Um, But yeah, it was just so crazy having this this weird social taboo thing like pointed out all the time like we don't even go there anymore i'm like i can't handle it <laughs> i can't handle it cuz that's my private stuff and like why are you telling people that
0: yeah like not yeah okay. so and yeah, you I mean, know i have a a very personal like that comes up in me when we talk about being proud of somebody for Mm. their body changing in that way. Mm. And that's not to shame anybody whose bodies have changed in a way that makes them more comfortable, but to feel somebody's proud of you in something that you really couldn't do anything about, like, like your body changing to a smaller size was equally something that you like don't always have control over any more than your body becoming a bigger size and so like to be proud of one direction but not the other when the reality is that like right sometimes if you go on a medication i mean we've we've both had instances where we've had to do certain things that's made our body change and like honestly a majority of the time it's such a thing to be proud of your friend for going on the medication right that's mm-hmm. the thing to be proud of somebody about because they did yeah. the step that was really hard that they needed to do to be okay mm-hmm. and the other is like just what you see is yeah. different and that's what you see is like the least important or exciting part about somebody mm-hmm. but it's deeply affecting you as a human person and so like all of the ways to talk about that is like
1: yeah I think you I think you posted something on Instagram like yesterday or today about um the like body positivity movement and how like when people are celebrating that they lost weight it's not that like their blood sugar is lower Right. Like, oh, like that hurts me in my soul. Like, just because, like, I, you know, like my sisters are overweight. I've spent a lot of time, like, severely overweight, like, to the point where it was impacting my health. Um, and so, like, I do, like, I go to a CrossFit gym, and I work out, and I, like, eat in a way that feels good for my body, which is not always healthy. Like, mm-hmm. it's not always healthy. Like, it has to feel good. I don't really care what it is at this point, as long as it's, like, sitting right in my gut, as long as it's, you know, I have energy. I'm not, you know, waking up in the middle of the night in pain. Like, that's what yes. I'm eating right for my body. Um, right. But, like, it's so interesting like I said like going to the gym I get like I had a I had a surgery a couple years ago and I get like this weird pinching pain like every time I lift one of my legs it feels like something's biting me and I'm like it's because like I have like I've on another medication and I'm starting to gain weight again and that's the change is now my flesh my skin is sitting in a different position and it's hurting me and so I'm like yeah like I want to lose enough weight that it doesn't pinch me every time i lift my knee above my hip because in crossfit like you do that quite a bit so it's not very comfortable for me right now um but like i heard a long time ago and i can't stop thinking about it there was Um, this like heavy weightlifter. And he was all over his like muscle, like Instagram and whatever. And he was like, guys, I want to make it clear. I don't work out to metabolize calories. I work out to metabolize my emotions. Like I have a mental health disorder. I'm here to metabolize my emotions. This is just a representation of how often I'm here. Like stop (laughs) it. And I was like, it's the same way. Like I'm in a CrossFit gym. I do not look like you know, I do not look like a Barbie doll, like the people who look there, like, if you are not secure in your self-image, like, that's maybe not a great place to start, Um, like, the people are really nice, but there's, like, definitely a specific culture there, but it's, like, the same thing, like, my body really responds well to, like, high endurance, high energy workouts, like, I've tried Pilates, I've tried yoga, I've tried all those things, Um, and like for my body, unless you're like rage hitting something, like I'm not getting the right endorphins. Like I really like hopping on and off a box. I really Mm -hmm. like it. I really like taking a pole and hitting stuff. I really like it. Like I really like tossing a tire around, like that makes my body very, very happy. And so I'm in this space, like, because it feels good for me metabolizing my emotions, Um, and it feels really hard as a person who came from disordered eating. Um, And like I've heard people say like disordered eating is also a form of fat phobia. I was not using it for that. I didn't actually care what my body looked like. It was just about controlling my situation, right? And so to come out of a space where I was having this like severely disordered eating, where like it really should have been an inpatient treatment, to come out of that and get put on a medication where I gained 100 pounds was like, life altering and gaining it so fast that I was like continuing my disordered eating and it was not helping. Um, like that was just crazy. And so again, to hear somebody praise that was just so messed up on so many levels. Like it was just yeah. incredible. Um, sorry, what was your original question?
0: Oh, um, <laughs> we were going to, we were going to talk about, um, so I guess like the happy ending of that story is like, we're not alone. I <laughs> don't We, we, <laughs> did,
1: we'll end up with we promised you chaos <laughs> um,
0: but uh we were gonna talk about proposal and engagement stories which oh, I don't yeah. know why I was like proposal slash engagement yeah. I'm not sure what in my mind they were different but I guess also oh. like people call them something different like yeah. people you know
1: well there's the whatever. question there's, there's the proposal and then there's <laughs> the engagement <laughs> Technically, they work, but not everyone gets the first try.
0: (laughs) Maybe I was just like, I confused about which TLC story we were going to
1: be. Okay, that's fair. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to? No, I'll let
0: you go first because you started it.
1: (laughs) Apparently, okay. So, so my husband and I actually got engaged really, really fast. Um, And part of that is because he's gone for most of the year, which sounds kind of like counterintuitive, but because he was traveling all the time, like, and he was touring. So he was on like tour buses all the time. Mm -hmm. So he was free for most of the day because he was traveling from like state to state. So like we met when he was on tour, we met online, online thing. Um, If you like eHarmony, totally works. We've been married for a lot of years now. Um, But so... So first of all, um, I was just dating for fun. Like I didn't talk a lot. Like I, like that's my personal trauma, whatever. Like I was very soft-spoken. I didn't really contribute much. Like I still really struggle with small talk. Um, and so like we went on this date and he was supposed to be like my Friday night. Cause I was like, just trying to practice talking to people. So I was like, I'm just going to go on all these dates. Like going on second dates, third dates, whatever. But it was kind of like just dating a whole bunch of people to practice Mm. engagement and practice small talk. And I was new to the city and like, people were taking me to lots of cool places. And like, I got to, you know, from the East end to the West end, like I was having a really great time. Um, And so I keep telling Eric, he was just my Friday night. I'm like, well, you're lucky because you were just my Friday night. Like I had a Saturday all planned up. (laughs) Like, like I had a whole thing. Um, And he, he had just joined. Um, So he joined on some like special promotion they were doing. He bought six months um on eHarmony so six months it was a like,
0: sale that was <laughs> a
1: sale because it was really expensive back then um and it was more expensive for the men and so he good, bought a package which he got like unlimited what because like you could buy different ones or so they would send you like seven people or they would send you 10 people um and so he got like some package whatever it was like 600 700 bucks which is like crazy I did not pay that as a girl <laughs> um but I was his first date <laughs> And so he bought that whole, that whole six months thing just for me. Um, And so he says, I'm the most expensive date he's ever gone on, um, which like fine, fair. Um, But so we had met online and then um, we we had like a couple of really great dates together. And then um, he went back on tour. who's gone for like 12 weeks like we just met we had that whole like oh like I love you I love you like this is so great like oh like we're getting married I love you so much um so fun fact I actually texted one of my friends the night that I met him and was like oh fuck we're getting married and she was like that's funny you're so funny and I was like oh no like I'm serious like I'll see you with (laughs) Walter like so I also have magical powers um but yeah so we had met and we went on a couple of dates and then he went on tour and we were just talking all the time like this was back in the skype days oh what is that um but we were like running skype back then um and so we had logged so many hours by the time he came back that we were like far ahead most people in their like getting to know you phase um and so he ended up moving back and because We were on opposite sides of the city. Like I was staying at his place a lot because it was closer to work. Um, He had a roommate and she and I got along really well. And so that was really nice. Um, And then she ended up getting a scholarship to go play flute at, I think it was like Rutgers or something like that, which like fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, But like she left and he was like, oh crap, like now who's going to watch my house? while i'm gone for most of the year and he's like well i'll get another roommate and i was like well that's stupid because like what am i so like we moved my hamster over (laughs) that was the official i live here now (laughs) is my little hamster came over um and like no judgment that was the only pet i was allowed to have in my apartment um and also he was awesome um so like we moved my little hamster over um and i moved in like six months after we met um we were like Fast asleep in the middle of the night, he like rolled over and just whacked me in the fucking face. He just like belted me in the face in his sleep. And I was like, oh, like what's happening? And in his sleep, he goes, oh, I just really want to marry you. And I was like, what? That's why I punched you in the face. So like he he had no idea that this had happened in his sleep, and so he woke up the next morning and I was like, Oh, oh, oh like, how'd you sleep? <laughs> What'd you dream about? <laughs> he was like, What? And he was like, Well, like you smacked me in the face, and then you told me that you wanted to marry me, so like, what's up with that? <laughs> and he was like, Well, I do want to marry you, and I was like, Are you asking? and he was like, No, and I was like, Well, okay, like that's rude, <laughs> so okay. Um, and so then he and his friend Colin, like, not quietly went to go look for rings and Colin is his like fashionista friend um Colin has very good taste I can tell you um and they like went and picked out a ring and then he told me that he had the ring but then like still didn't ask and then like he still didn't ask and then he still didn't ask and then he still didn't ask so like in like any fashion as we're going to bed one night I like get a couple of tears and I'm like and I'm like very much trying to keep this to myself because I am overcome with all of these emotions that have been building up for all these weeks now and he's like hey like what's up like <laughs> like you're such a marry me, you got a ring but you're not asking I was like do you not do you not want to marry me like I don't understand why you would go and get a ring and they wouldn't ask me <laughs> like I'm like very heavily weeping by now um and he was all like oh like I just I want it to be right and I want it to be perfect and I like want all these wonderful things for you and by now I'm like bawling and like making weird noises and like this is not good. And it's like getting later and later at night. And I'm like kind of hyperventilating by now. Like, I just remember it was like a very, very ugly cry. Um, And he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I never meant for you to get so upset about this. And like, will you marry me? And I was like, yes. (laughs) and he was like like do you want to go see the ring and I was like yes and it was at his mom's house and so like it's like 10 30 at night and he like wakes his mom up and was like hey like so like I asked Amy to marry me can she come over and see the ring like is that going to be intrusive to you guys and his mom was like no like come on over like this one. so she's like running downstairs in her pajamas and like she's got my little box and she's like on oh, so i'm like trying not- I- i'm like just red in the face and i'm like puffy and i'm like it's beautiful <laughs> she like his mom was like going and like calling her brother and she's like there cage there it was like a big big thing um but yeah so i like i was proposed to in my pajamas while i had like snot up my face because I was in hysterics
0: that's that's the tale <laughs> fun <clears throat> I'm that that was worth it I'm,
1: <laughs> now that you know me it feels perfect right <laughs> like that okay like, honestly like, honestly he couldn't have down one me anywhere that would have made it more perfect than me hyperventilating like having a meltdown
0: <laughs> oh my word oh my word mm-hmm. yeah that. that's hilarious <laughs> well So we also got engaged very quickly um, for different reasons. Okay. That's going to make what I say, half of the story sound very different. I've just set this up very different than reality. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I was in my freshman year of college and I, um, had dated a, a very un unsavory <laughs> fellow. <laughs> um, and I I had lost my damn mind for a, a period of time. Um, my life was not my life was not going easily. <laughs> and uh it was um it was not a kind relationship for me. And so uh I was home for Christmas. It just, I was feeling a little bit of a way, right? Like I had just been proposed to, but no ring. Like, And I really didn't even, I didn't even want to be dating, but I really didn't want to be engage, like there was nothing about this that I was like excited and happy for. And of course, it's my freshman year of college. I'm Air Force ROTC. I'm wearing my uniform for Christmas Eve service at our church because of course, and, um, my husband was, uh, Navy active duty neighbor, Navy for 20 years. Um, he flew jets. And so like, uh, I'm, I'm, walking outside and he's walking we're going one way or the other I forget if I was coming in and he was coming out or the opposite direction mm. and of course he's now he's a commissioned officer and I'm like just Roxy so I have to salute him that was the last time that happened um but so you know oh good evening sir um and so uh well he was home um I had met him previously when I was in high school. Uh, He's five years older than I am. And um, I was having a conversation. One of the old guys in our church uh, used to play golf with me at the golf course that I worked at and had grown up playing at. And it was my junior year of high school. And I was going into a really important season. I was, I had been uh, you know, th- the first slot on my golf team for a couple of years now. And I wanted to keep it. And we had some like really big uh freshman guys coming up and I knew like that could be difficult for me because I just physically can't hit the ball as far, you know. I'm like at the time I was like 4'11. What do you mean
1: 115?
0: Uh <laughs> I, I gained two, two inches in college, which is a funny joke about the fiance I had previously. Um, Anyway, that's what she said. So I, I did get taller in college, but and I, you know, and now we have these, these freshmen guys that are like six two, two fifty, And there's like, I had not a prayer. Right. So I was talking to this older guy at our church about my season coming up. It was winter. So we're in that, like, how soon will we be able to get outside and play and things like that. And some strategy for what I had wanted to do coming in for this season. And my now husband, Rob walks up, he just walks into the conversation doesn't introduce himself. I have no clue who the hell he is. And he's like, I just started playing golf last year. And in my mind, I'm like, well, good for fucking you. Like, I don't know what to tell. Who are you? Why should that matter? I've been playing golf since for 13 years and you are really interrupting like a conversation I've waited all month to have with this person. Right. Completely unimpressed. And I did not know at the time he was our pastor's oldest son. I was friends with his middle son because I'm actually closer in age to his middle brother than I am to him. And I had no clue who he was. He was home. And, uh, my mom's like, I think that's like, I think that's the pastor's oldest son. I was like, good for him. Like I congratulations. I'm very proud of you. Like, I don't okay. So I hadn't seen him and now it's two years later and I'm like, "Mm, evening serve. And, um, somehow during, uh, during his time at home, I, I had given him my email address. So, um, congratulations to you for Skype, but I, this was like my space aim days, right? Like I think, Yeah. Like, I think aim just like, it was like, uh, yesterday or today, it's like the anniversary of like it being created or something 111 billion years ago when I was not married yet. And, um, and I like, I just remember saying to my mom, like, well, maybe I shouldn't have just given this guy my email address. I'm like, Oh, this is, um, and, uh, I think she said something to me like, well, you can't have too many friends, you know, like, and so I go back to school and, um, I'm like kind of even more disgusted about this person that I'm whatever with. And he's at it. He had moved. He was at a different school now. And for Valentine's day, got, I almost got myself into very big trouble at my detachment to go visit him. So I go visit him and it's like the day before valentine's day and there's like banging on his dorm room door and i'm like what the it's his girlfriend like his high school girlfriend like the person he had been with that he had told me had like done indescribably horrific things to him and like Nope, they had been together the whole time. And I was like the stupid, like other person. And so I was like, ah, and then I left. Um, and so like two days later, I got one of those old school like forwards of something, and it was from Rob. Like, you know how you chain like, email? Like, I mean, yes, but not like if you don't send this to this many people, like you're first petal die or whatever, but like, you know, like it was like one of those just, um, you know, very Christian easy, like, you know, Oh, what you're taking care of whatever. And so, um, it was a very different time in my life. and It was very in that, um, really toxic, like I kiss dating goodbye, um, situation And so like, you know, if you were a good girl, you weren't supposed to be dating, you were supposed to be courting. And like, you had to know that you were going to be courting like approximately 14 seconds before you had met the person. So like (laughs) it was just one of those. And so I had just broken up with this guy and, and so and I, you know, I, I don't even know. It was like an out of body experience. I emailed him back. Oh, thanks. Like, "Mm, I needed to hear that at the time and um like a, a few weeks later i heard back from him again and then we were like emailing and then we were like I, AOL instant messaging and then like we had a couple phone calls and then we were like phone calls all of the time right like half of the end of my like the second half of my school um was just like all pictures of me sitting on the floor of my filthy dorm room like on the phone no matter where like when you had to have a calling card to call and you'd have to like I had to dial like 17 separate numbers to call him and um because he was on the west coast for military training learning his uh his specific aircraft and I was pretending to go to college um I say pretending because I was located at college but rarely went to class <laughs> and so like I had one significant year of fuck up in my life and like it was my freshman year of college like I lost all of my shits everything was not okay like even the therapists on campus gave me trauma like I all of it very bad not good So we get to, um, like the end of April, beginning of May, and we're kind of in that conversation of like, are we dating? I don't think we're dating. Are we, maybe we are like that. Like, am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama (laughs) type of situation. And he was like, well, why don't I come home for mother's day weekend? We can go on a real date and like, see if we like each other in person, basically, or like make it official. Like, I feel ridiculous being like, I have a girlfriend or I'm dating this person when like, we've never gone anywhere together. Right.
1: Wait a minute. Is this story about us?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This book about me. (laughs) And so he came home. Our first date was we went and played golf and I whooped him, which I was like, obviously. obviously. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but I whooped him from the men's tees cause I wasn't allowed to play from the women's tees in high school. So like I'd actually never played from the women's tees before. If somebody had told me I'd had to, it would have screwed up my whole round. Cause I just didn't know what to do, but like, so we did that. We went to six flags in Jersey, dirty Jersey and, uh, you know, like made it official. So I like, totally upheaved my life at the end of my freshman year of college. I transferred I um, to the school where I was doing Air Force ROTC, which had kind of been part of my problem. like I was very significantly committed to the military, but I was not committed to the lunatic, tried to poison me with carbon monoxide poisoning in my dorm room place, which actually in now that we knew that is a lot of the reason of all of the mental health and physical issues that I had that year and why I kind of just lost my mind. Yeah. Um, so I blame the entire year on that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I had never acted that way before. And then I, I transferred, I got into the music theater program there. I was so happy. I loved being at that school. I probably should have just picked a major and gone there to begin with. Right. Like, and um, like such a good experience. I was only there for half a year, but like loved every second of it. And um, of course it was theater school. So like there's trauma there, but like very good experience doing really well, finally loving my life again, not feeling like I want to die every two seconds, literally and figuratively. And so it's October. And so we like official May Mother's Day. It's now October and I have my first production and I'm a prostitute. I'm like the madam, right? Every single production I've ever been in, I've either been an adulterer or a prostitute, every single one. I don't know if it was typecasting, but good on you for seeing through the good girl routine i guess i don't know so i'm like you know boobs up under my chin like whore makeup on whatever whatever and i chain and i so earlier that day i'd had a uh, like in my vocal recital a little i had to do a little recital and i got in trouble because i like didn't stare my audience down and like hold their attention and then tell them that they could release like the thing, because I sing I'm over and I look up and Rob walks through the door. on like the upper balcony of where we were performing. And I freak out, right. Like, cause I'm a 19 year old girl and my boyfriend like just walked in from B. Be- so, um, so then I had to like redo the things in front of him. It was horrifying, mortifying. If, if in here is your most embarrassing moment, that is one of mine. And um, so then he comes to my production, and I get changed, but I still look like a prostitute. And he's like, "Let's walk over to the park that's like across the river from my school." So I'm like, "Okay." So he brings his guitar. Um, he can't. He can't really play. He can't really sing very well. Like it just. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> And so it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I find it very romantic. And so we go over and we're sitting in one of the pavilions with these like staggeringly bright lights in like pitch black. And he's wearing his uniform because he wore it to my production and whatever, whatever, Um, which came in very handy because he saw one of the douche guys from my um, detachment. And it was a Thursday. So he had to salute Rob and I was never. And I was like, in my piddly, I mean, nothing uniform. And he's like in his, I mean, more than you uniform and Robs and his like F you, you don't even know what it means to mean something uniform. <laughs> and like, I, it, I was just like, walk by him again. <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't listen to him <laughs> sing anything that night to watch him walk by all the jerks in my detachment. <laughs> so, um, he sings a couple songs and, uh, all of a sudden, like all of the, all of the Canada geese
1: Sorry.
0: are like wonk, 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 wonk. I'm like flapping all over. And like, what
1: in the crap? He's
0: like, he's like, right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look over here. You know and He takes his, his handkerchief out of his pocket and he puts it down. Cause he has to, cause he's going to kneel on the filthy ground and he proposes and now, mind you, the ring I had told him that I wanted was like two hundred sixty dollars from JCPenney, right? A li- little tiny, because I'm tomboy and very plain, and I don't want crap. And um, and it's like he f- opens the box, and I can't even see the ring, right? Like, cause it's in these bright light. I'm like, oh my gosh! And so, um he proposes we walk back to my dorm my roommate and her now husband um who t- they took slightly longer than us to get their act together um and like my a couple guys from my detachment and my other roommate are there they had taken the video camera from like the film department and they were in the bushes videotaping, like on an old school, like it took two of them to hold it up video camera and he fell over and that's when all the geese went. And that's why I was like, look over here. Like as if I could have seen anything like (laughs) out of the lights and so we put the video in and we're watching it and all you see it's totally like a silent movie right because like they're not close enough to get the sound but don't worry all of the geese had lines so (laughs) so all you see is like rob kneel down and me like ah yes because i'm not a crier and so like i wasn't like oh i was like like yeah like i've been get your crap together two months after we started dating why has it taken so long and all you see in the video is Rob Hugby and me going like to look at the ring behind it cuz I couldn't see it in the thing and it makes me look like I was so into what ring I had gotten but like he literally could have like given me a guitar pick on a string and I would have said like it's so it's so stupid so um <clears throat> So then I had to go in the next day and tell all my professors, I was engaged. And then it was a whole discussion of when I would leave. And I had to go through all kinds of formal counseling because I was on a full scholarship and like explain to a bunch of Air Force people why I would leave and get married to a Navy (laughs) guy. And like, and really all it came down to was he was already commissioned and doing his job. And I still had to go to, um like field training, and I still had to get commissioned. And we like Air Force Navy, that's not in the same places in the country or in the world. And like, he was already established, and it just would have been like, yeah, for me to do the thing. And I actually did um, try to switch over to Navy ROTC and the Uh, officer in charge of the detachment told me no women would come out of his detachment flying. So I did not go. Um, In hindsight, I wish I'd ruined his career. Uh, But, you know, you can't do that when you're that young. But like, so it was all very exciting. And then uh, we were supposed to get married in um, the spring after I was uh, done with school for the year because I had planned to go to field training and get commissioned. Like originally I had planned to when we first had been talking about things. And then uh, his detachment got moved or his deployment got moved, his first deployment. And it was, do we want to wait like a year and a half to get married? Or do we want to move the wedding up? And we moved the wedding up to January. So we started dating Mother's Day in May, got engaged October 19th. I turned 20 November 14th, January 4th, we got married. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I can't say I'd recommend it.
1: Yeah. See, like, oh, we had, is. we had like the six months between when we met and we got engaged mostly because he was home for like a couple oh, days. Two seconds. <laughs> right. The next time he came home, we were engaged. Um, not quite, but we, like, my, family had a lot of stuff to like organize like our family loves traditions we love like it's like rituals where like they're weird like they involve like weird popsicle stick turkey sometimes like but we we have a way that we do things I will tell you about the turkey sometime um but we have a way that we like to do things and I couldn't get it organized um, because Eric and his whole crew are all all over the planet all the time we knew that we had to get married like right at Christmas because that was the only time that we could almost guarantee that everyone would probably be home yep. and we did not have enough time to do kind of what we needed to do by Christmas. And so we had to wait until the next Christmas. So we ended up getting engaged for like a year and a half, um, which is pretty standard. And like people give me faces sometimes and I'm like, oh yeah, we got engaged in six months. And also he didn't live here for most of that. Um, but I feel like we spent enough time, like we, we balanced it out. <laughs> We balanced
0: it. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, really, if you had given Rob and I a quiz about things we knew about each other and people that had just gotten married that had been together three, four years before they got together, we really did know more about each other because we weren't busy spending time together. We were busy talking. And so, like, you know the things came up because you had to come up. It was kind of like this. What are the like, oh, I'll come up with the questions for next week or whatever, you know, and it really is. But we have no traditions in my family, really. Like my family is very um, like, oh, do whatever you want to do. And I was at college. And so my mom basically just planned my wedding for me I knew that I wanted a military wedding I knew I wanted a sword arch um but I knew nothing else and I got my uh wedding dress um from this place that took like uh high-end wedding dresses and they would take the ones that didn't sell and uh cut the tags out of them so you didn't know what brand they were like what name they were and then they just sold them off the rack so I got uh I just got, I went in and I was like I don't want a bead, I don't want a sequin, I don't want a lace, I don't want a train, I don't want and like and the lady was like do you do you want a bridal dress? Do you want a wedding dress? Like what and really if I was just allowed to go get like a pretty dress, I would have just done that, but like mm-hmm. there's an expectation you'll you'll wear well, and, and not that my mother didn't make a joke about me wearing white. <laughs> Um, I love my mother very dearly. And I, it wasn't necessarily a joke, but more of a look. So like, um, like, a. but my husband was, we were going to get married in the spring. So he was going to be wearing his white, white uniform. And I was like, I can't have something that's not white, white. Uh, and the dress that I actually wanted was like silk, short sleeves, uh, like champagne color, but like deep champagne color. And it had like Uh, very deep color like wine piping around the neck and around the sleeves and it had like uh, all of these embroidered roses from like one shoulder like down the other side to the floor and I wanted it so badly like that's the dress that I wanted and I was like if I this will not be the dress that makes Rob If I come through the door, because it is not going to be what he is thinking of in his head, because all the little pristine virginal hadn't kissed their husbands until their wedding day friends he had were like all in the like, I'm wearing a wedding cake, you know, dress, which I have no problem with that, except like I am 5'1". Like there's there's not
1: a little cupcake dolls where you like flip its dress inside out.
0: Yeah, like here's there's not a world that it's appropriate for me to be wearing a dress that is as wide as I am tall. Like, and so, um, my dress was very simple. It looked like, you know, I was a military bride, like, but, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. That's
1: hilarious. Sometimes I wonder how the universe put us together. I really do. Sometimes like my, my dress was like it was like a sweetheart neckline had all the like folded fabric. It was like a nice cream color, and it had like a jewel belt that went all the way around it. It was like it a, a princess cupcake dress. Like it had a huge train, but like it like it like bustled at the back at the end, so that it just got like a bigger skirt. It was crazy, but like it was it was so nice. I was so upset because it felt too tight when I was wearing it. Mm. And so like that was the one thing, as you can tell in all the pictures that I'm like. Very uncomfortable in it. Mm-hmm. um I mean, I feel like no matter what I wore, it would have been uncomfortable because I didn't feel like I was in my own body. Right, um, and like it definitely comes through in the pictures, except for one picture. So it was really important for Eric and I that we do the first look fully dressed. Um, mm. like it was his idea. He was like, he's like, I want one thing. He's like, I want us to like say hi. Um, cause I want the first look. He's like, but I want to do it before the wedding. He's like, mm. it's, for, it's for us. Like it's not mm. for everybody. Um, and so we also decided to do our pictures before the reception
0: and the wedding. That would be, um, that's so smart.
1: Cause we had an evening. We did an evening wedding. <laughs> so did we? Um, yeah. So we did evening like right at Christmas, like all candles and stuff. It was so nice, but we wanted like yep. daytime pictures. <laughs> so, so we like, um, so, like all the pictures I'm like deeply uncomfortable, very sad. That like, this is my fate. There were so many things in my wedding that I still like make me cry a little bit um, that were decisions that were made by other people. And I'm like, oh, it's not right. But I like, don't have enough boundaries, but I can tell you it's not right. Uh-huh. Um, but I have this one picture of us. Well, I have two pictures of us and um, they're taken back to back. And it was when we did our first look He was like standing, we're like in this beautiful archway at the University of Toronto. It was so pretty. It's like historically, they filmed so many old movies there. Um, And so he's like facing a wall and I like tapped him on the shoulder and he turned around and there's one of us just like throwing back our heads laughing because we were like, we look ridiculous. (laughs) Like, Are we getting married? Like, are we adults? Like, what is this? so there's one, so there's one with us laughing. And then I remember he hugged me and I had gotten like a tiny bit of my foundation on his suit. So we have this one of us just like throwing back heads, laughing that we're so ridiculous that, that we're doing all this like grown up stuff. Um, and then we have a second picture and he's just like, beaming, looking at me, and I'm like trying to brush his lapel. And it's like my it's like sitting on on my table across from my desk like staring at it all day. But like that is my favorite picture. It's the only picture, like the one where I'm brushing him off that I don't look sad. <laughs> like I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, oh but like your girl is having some brain things also like I feel like I'm just sad in all the pictures from that part so, like I was doing the best I could <laughs> being a fashionista like deeply uncomfortable with the whole situation like I do not like being the center of attention so like the whole idea of a wedding yes. is kind of comical to me um like that I would choose to have one but I did and like we wanted like a 20-person wedding and we had like a 100-person wedding which is one of the things that makes me sad mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yes yeah, so, like to be the center of attention and 100 people that I don't actually know <laughs> is like interesting but yeah, I would say that that's definitely like my favorite picture from our wedding is just the two of us laughing our asses off um, and being normal is my favorite, I think.
0: I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I have similar feelings. My grandfather was a Quaker pastor when I was growing up in the very small church that he was in is like one of my favorite places to be because I was always there with him, like in the morning before everything was happening. Like I got to put the numbers on the board and like, I got to, you know, do stuff that like nobody else was getting to do because Mm. in the Quaker church, there's a lot of like very being very quiet and things like that. And so, um, but I had wanted him to marry us and I had wanted our wedding to be in that very small church. And I had wanted, quite a small wedding. I, I didn't even really want like a wedding party. Like I would have gladly had one friend stand up there with me. And as it was, I had to compromise and have three. That was like too many people. Like Mm -hmm. I was, and, um, there, there are a lot of things about our wedding that I did to satisfy people that were not my family. And so, um, And lots of not nice things said to me about having to do those things that I didn't even want to be done to begin with. So like there, yeah, it's, it makes me feel badly because my parents spent not what my parents spend on things for this Mm -hmm. wedding. And like my mom killed herself to make it something that like, I would want it to be, you know, um, but like, it was too big. It was not where I wanted it to be. It was not, you know, with the people that I wanted it to be with, there were tons of people at my wedding i literally never met and neither had Rob. Um, so that was hard. Like when you're both, when you're both introducing or like when people walk up and you expect the other person to just introduce you and both of you are like, the hell is this? (laughs) And so there was, there was a lot of that. Um, and I had a very not traditional lots of things. So like we had no um, seating chart oh, except for, too. you know, we, uh, we had like our table and like a, a family table, and then everybody else was a free for all. And that that we had like a situation with, oh, and no. like it just was not. It was a lot of stress and things that I didn't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I remember. Um, before I went out, like, you know, I was, cause I, so I like being the center of attention when I'm doing something to be the center of attention, which usually includes me not being me. <laughs> it usually includes being someone else. And so prostitute like, or adulterer. I like the, a prostitute <laughs> or an adulterer <laughs> is my favorite, my favorite thing to play. Um, So like, I'm usually someone else or it's like, I'm in my very intimate group of friends and I can like yeah. entertain and, you know, be who I am. Yes. But like, that made me very uncomfortable. The like all eyes on me. And I remember my mom just being like, you're just playing another part. You're just playing another part. Like today you're just a bride. Like just go out and pretend you're a bride. And I was like, but I've never
1: been a bride before. I've only been a bride.
0: Uh, uh, but we had um the one thing I loved about our wedding is that my um there is an older lady in our church that like really liked things to be how they were and like the popular people at our church had like you know snotty things to say about the old lady that like ran a tight ship you know and my mom and I were like we love her and so I just remember the morning of our wedding the um the heat had gone out which of course is a big deal in January and in in New York and also there was a huge snowstorm the weekend before like just before and the couple days before so like not everybody could get there that we thought would be there too um and then um So she's like making it happen, right? It will not be cold in here, but also, uh, there was the Christmas tree was still in the church. I was fine with that, but we had, um, tea light Yankee candles that were peppermint all over the whole church. So it just smelled like very like light in the church. And normally that was a big no, no. And she like, let me do it, even though you're not supposed to. And then, um, the, my very favorite thing was there were like trillion, Uh Oh, what the crap are they? Why am I stupid suddenly? Fiber brain. Um, oh, what is the, what is the stupid giant? This is so ridiculous. You're gonna be like, that's this. You're gonna the, have to be
1: a little more specific. Oh, the poinsettias. Oh, there there we were go.
0: literally like a bajillion poinsettias, and at that point in my life, like I hated. Poinsettas. And I was like, so these poinsettas actually can't be here when we come back at like 7 p.m. And all of a sudden she was turning around, she's like, you, you, and you, the poinsettias, all of them out of here. (laughs) And it just kept me happy. She was like, the three like my three poor guy friends from college who got there too early, you know, she's like, you, you and you. And they're all like, oh my gosh like get the us yeah. out of here and they're like okay lady we never met <laughs>
1: like- well like so so eric is an entertainment lighting designer and so we got married um so like to appease everybody because i did not want to get married in a church church trauma um did not want to but it was like very important to my parents that we got married in a church because church trauma um and so what eric like eric compromised and he found Um, an event, like a venue that is a converted church. So it's on holy whatever ground, it is a church but it has like, there's no pews. There's none of that. Like we got married up in the balcony. It was gorgeous. We had the party downstairs. Um, and they had like a lighting system for those of you using the podcast. I am using air quotes, (laughs) um, a lighting system that is a generous term for what they had. Um, and my husband was like, this will not do. And so as part of a wedding gift that he got from, um, somebody that he had worked with for like 20 years, um, this person lent us a ton of lighting equipment. Um, He's like, I'll lend it to you for the night. Like, you can just have it. Like, that's your gift. It's like, here's like $30,000 worth of lighting equipment. Um, And then as like a gift from his friends who were all in the lighting industry, they all came and set up our wedding. So like my husband loaded in our wedding. (laughs) With all their like flight cases and all that stuff. Everything was so nice. Um, And then as another gift to us, his friends loaded out without him. And I didn't know, but he had a friend who just came to load out. I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Like, you didn't invite them to the wedding? Like, what? (laughs) Like, boys. missed something. I found out after, and it was a girl. And I was like, okay, but like, come on. (laughs) Like, you screwed that up. Um, But it was so funny because we didn't, I didn't know, Eric heard, um, there was a couple getting walked through the venue because like, they let you come to events to look at how it looks when it's all like done up. Um, and so somebody had come through to look at our stuff and Eric overheard them being like, okay, like, so this is not usually here and this doesn't usually look like this. And this is not usually here. Um, and his friend, Nick, who was one of the people who had loaded in, Nick was his best man. He was there for another event, like years later. And he was like, Hey, guess what? they bought a whole bunch of the equipment that we had used and they installed it and it looks way better now um but it was so funny and yeah like similar like we so we didn't have any tables there was no head table there was no family table it was like all bar tables and we did like a buffet but it was like prime rib um stuff and the bullshit part about actually not sitting down was i didn't actually eat dinner at our wedding like i finally got a plate and like put it down and got called away to do something and it came back and it was gone and all the food was gone. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So so I don't actually know how the food was at our wedding. Eric said it was delicious, um, but I cannot confirm.
0: Yeah. Yep. Very similar. And actually the original venue I had wanted to get married at was um, at a golf course where we'd had our junior prom. It was one of the golf courses I played growing up um, in high school all the time. And then. I was um, not so kindly informed that if I didn't get married at a church, I wouldn't actually be married. Um, so according to my like pastor grandfather and my whole family and all of the people who had gotten married in my grandfather's living room by him, apparently apparently we all believed that that was true, but not everybody happened to believe that that was true. And so then I was like, well, then I want to have it like back home where my grandfather is. And he was just in a space where like, he had already been retired and that would have been too much. Like he was kind of just starting to not Mm -hmm. quite be, you know, how, how I remembered him being. And so, um, it was, that would have been a far thing, right? Like that there's no hotels where I like nothing. Like when my grandmother died and we had to go back to do everything, my mom and I stayed at a hotel that was like an hour away. Cause that was the closest there would have been. So like, Rob and my parents and my grandparents and myself could not have like stayed the night before our wedding in my grandparents' eight hundred square foot house and like all got married in there or got ready in their one bathroom, you know. So like that wasn't going to happen. And also, um, not because of our particular guest list, there were a lot more people than they them would have fit there. And so um, in another life, I would totally just like go with him somewhere and get married somewhere else and then come home and have like just a party that didn't have the word wedding or marry in it so you don't have to pay a bajillion dollars more and Mm -hmm. um like it was it was the nicest thing that my parents could have given me Mm -hmm. based off of where we lived and how many venues there were to choose from and the cost and all of that but like Also, I was 20 years old and not old enough to say to somebody who I was still referring to as Mr. or Mrs. fill in the blank, um, that like, no, we wouldn't be doing that because like they were an adult and I was a child. (laughs) So like there was, there was no way for me to stick up for myself. And so, you know, you just get torn over. So those are the happy stories of how we got married. Um, we just got bulldozed <laughs> over. Uh, let's, <laughs> this is a turn. <laughs> let's take a turn. Um, weird food thing. Do you have a weird food thing? I don't know what. I, made-
1: I don't know what that is. Either. Like I have the taste buds of a four-year-old. If that's a weird food thing.
0: Like, I don't know. It, maybe there had to have been a that like, there had to have been a thing that like prompted this for me. Um, like there are definitely foods that I have very strong feelings about that will not be coming into my space. Um, but I don't know if this is like, do you, I think maybe I had seen a TikTok of somebody who was like, um, what was a weird food thing when you were growing up that you just thought was like normal or whatever. Oh, was that the cheese and was
1: that the cracker with butter on it?
0: I don't remember. Like, I don't actually remember what the original person's thing was. But then there were a, like a bunch of people who were like, "Well, we used to do this thing," but I didn't know it was just because we were poor. You know, I think,
1: we're, I think I saw the same one yesterday. I think I saw the same one yesterday, and it was so like this was like an eye opening for me. Um, so like we didn't have a lot of money when I grew mm-hmm. up. Like, uh, like we'll see next month was like standard issue for like if you need it. Like you weren't asking for it now because nobody got anything now. Right. Everything was like, and it's because like my mom was a single mom; she was doing her freaking best. Like, and it's we. It was always that way. So I didn't know that other people were getting things like when they asked for them. Just, <laughs> I'm gonna put. That's I'm gonna tell thing. my mom to put it on the list of things we need next month. Right. Um. And so. I think if this is the TikTok that I saw, it was somebody had like um, crackers with butter, and then like crackers with butter is like the new thing. And somebody was like, wait, like we weren't all eating crackers with like, that's like a staple of my childhood is crackers and butter. And somebody else was like, well, that's because you were poor. Like, that's a standard, like, because it tastes really good because it's sweet from the cracker and it's, you know, kind of fatty and salty from the butter. And then somebody else was like, oh, yeah. Like, and my favorite was like macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. And I was like, oh my God, I used to love that so much. Like, and when you got the hot dogs, like, bonus, and somebody was like, in it when it was payday, like, we'd use like ground beef. And I was like, you got ground beef in your macaroni. And I'm like, freaking out. And I'm realizing, like, as they're going through this list of stuff, they're like, have you ever had like toast with butter with like just cinnamon on it? And I'm like, oh my God, I loved that. I realized that, like, it was all of these, like, all of the hot highlights of my childhood are these like okay we have like three (laughs) dollars we're gonna make this work um and so it was a little bit weird Mm -hmm. seeing everybody go through the list of like all my favorite things and like it's still like as an adult when I'm really not feeling well like emotionally and my feelings I will have toast with cinnamon I love it. It's calming. It's from my childhood. Like, it was definitely a self soothing thing. I could make toast when I was little. Like, that was something mm-hmm. that was accessible to me, even if my parents weren't accessible to me. Um, and so it was so weird, sort of going through this list of all my favorite things and <laughs> being like, oh, is that to smell a rapport? Oops. <laughs> I oopsied it. <laughs> well, and it's like, I saw another thing on Instagram and it comes around every once in a while and it's something like, um, somebody is like recalling from their childhood they used to have like a plate of little things I think is what they called it. And they were like, oh yeah, like I was telling my mom the other day, like, oh, I used to love it when you did like the plate of little things and it was like sliced up apples and some ham and some crackers and some cheese. And like, we would like all get together and we'd like have a family night in front of the TV. And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, those were the nights where I like could not show up for you. And was like, well, this is, it is what it is. Like y'all need to sit in front of the TV because if you talk to me, like we're going to have a problem. And she's like, I'm so glad that that was like logged as a wonderful childhood memory because that was not, that was not my experience. (laughs) Um, And I was like, it's so funny just as a kid, how we internalize and process things. We're like, it really did feel like a treat to have hot dogs on my macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Like it really did. I really enjoyed it. Or like the, we used to get like the PC hamburgers that you like made in a frying pan because they were too thin to go on a barbecue. Um, So like, you had to fry them if you wanted to eat them. And after like watching that post of like all these fun things, I like for sure had craft dinner for lunch today. Cause I was like, I just can't stop thinking about it. (laughs) Like, I just can't stop thinking about it. I have to have it like I have to have it and it's so good and I was like oh it, do I have enough time to walk to the store and get hot dogs because like I kind of make this happen so, like I, when we're done here if we're being honest I'm gonna go get some hot dogs and make more craft dinner I love that I'm really feeling it
0: <laughs> so I never um we did not we did not have a lot of money either because my mom was a single mom for a period of time and um And my grandfather, like, I don't think my grandfather ever made more than like $6,000 a year his whole life or, you know, his whole life. And Mm. so, um, you know, we had a lot of very homemade things because huge bags of flour and huge bags of like, you know, that from scratch is a lot less expensive than a lot of things. And so like, I had never had ever my whole life growing up, like a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese or like, um, like hamburger helper, like I would never had any of those things because it was very much like small piece of meat, just like a vegetable and, you know, like a potato. Cause you could buy a ginormous bag of potatoes, like, you know, those types of things Or like my grandmother would always, always, always make at least two kinds of bread because bread would fill everybody up, but it wasn't expensive for her to make in large quantities. So we'd always have like a roll and a biscuit or like a sweet bread and a biscuit or whatever. Um, But I think I might've mentioned this combination on another um, recording, but like, we always had a piece of sharp cheddar cheese with our apple pie. And my (gasps) grandmother made apple pie all the time. And like, that was, that was just a thing. But like we, we grew up where there were just like blackberries everywhere or raspberries everywhere. So I can remember my grandfather and I being sent out to like pick blackberries and coming back with buckets and buckets and buckets of them. And my grandmother just making like several blackberry pies, and then they all went in the freezer. And that was my favorite pie growing up was blackberry pie. And what was so funny about it was like, The reason we had it was like probably because the berries were free, you know, and so it just never occurred to me that that, you know, a, a biscuit, a roll, like those are all of my comfort things, um, which is hard because now I can't eat them and yeah. sorry, not sorry. A gluten-free is not, it's just not the same. Yeah. And so like, I was very much a piece of toast person for a long time in my adulthood. Um, but it would be like butter with like strawberry jam on it. Cause my grandmother would mm-hmm. make all kinds of jam and then they, we'd have it, you know, jarred for like the whole year, but like, yeah. I mean, I won't eat certain things. Like you couldn't get me to put like cottage cheese near my person. If you mm-hmm. paid me, um, I will not eat yogurt. Um, like there, there are just things I won't eat I have weird food things, but like, I don't like, like,
1: and I feel like, I feel like for me, like, it's like, cause we grew up eating like, and this is nothing against my mom. Like, just so we're clear, like, this is nothing against her. we like, we grew up kind of eating like fish sticks because you know she worked all day like she literally picked us up at like seven o'clock at night and she's not gonna make us something crazy from scratch and it's not like we had the money for that anyways it's like we really just grew up on fish sticks and that was the best she could do um and like finally like we all grew up but like I didn't have any stunted growth or anything there were no nutritional issues so like she did what she needed to do um, but the problem was kind of growing up with that kind of toast and fish stick diet um I didn't lose any taste buds going into my adulthood. And so for a long, long time, until like one time I made lava and like ruined my mouth forever. (laughs) Like it was like unrecoverable and now I can eat lots of spicy things. like when I met my husband like I remember on our second date he like he's a gourmet chef like he's a lighting designer if he ever wanted to quit he could be a gourmet chef no problem like so I came over for our second date and he had never cooked for me and he's got like mushroom crostini on the barbecue and he's got like he's making chicken parmesan and he was making a fancy salad and he's like here like can you cut the avocado for me and I was like cool which one's the avocado and he was like, Where are you from? He's <laughs> like, What well, what planet are you from? And he's like, This is the avocado. And I was like, Oh, like, I don't know if I can eat that. And he was like, Like, you've never had one before. It was like a whole conversation. And it like I had been actively avoiding avocado because I had like a legitimate food fear, because I didn't know what it was gonna taste like. And my taste buds were so sensitive that like too much salt in something would mean I couldn't eat it. And so like like a culinary adventure that we went on like this he was like introducing me to like Asiago cheese and things and I was like oh it's too much he's like I don't know what to like how did we how did the internet put us together like this is terrible um so I would say my weird food thing is just that I have like such new taste buds. And that I was limited in what I was exposed to, like, which is weird because I grew up in Mississauga, which is one of the most multicultural places in Ontario. Like I, as a white person was a minority where I grew up because just that was, we are one of the hubs where the Canadian government sends people when they're integrating into our country, which is like awesome. I met so many cool people. Like I was introduced from a very young age to so many different cultures. I feel like that makes, you know, just my experience of growing up like I am not the center mm-hmm. focus, <laughs> like, which yeah. you know, working with clients and sort of getting to know other people in communities. Um, I find I, it's easy for me to come in with an open mind because I'm like, cool. Like, tell me about yourself. Like right. what, what can I learn from you? What can you learn from me? What can we share? What do we have different? Like, it's, it's exciting and fun to meet people because I love hearing all the different stories that I grew up with. Like I grew up working at Tim Hortons, which is very mm-hmm. Canadian of me. Um, but like my manager was a microbiologist working at Tim Hortons because her degree wasn't recognized here, which is like a whole other issue. Like I'm a trained social worker, high systemic (laughs) problems. Um, But like getting to meet and work with a micro freaking biologist, like her husband was a structural engineer. Like it was crazy. Like the people that I got to meet, like, like one person, there was a chemist who was like recertifying her stuff. Like she was from, I think she was from China and she made like the best Chinese food and would like bring it and be like, here's what this really tastes like, friend." (laughs) Delicious, delicious, but I could eat it because it was all like beige. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't scary. (laughs) It's a problem. It's a huge problem. I'm still getting over it where things are new. Like I've never had a papaya because it scares me. Like I'm gonna, like I'm 35 years old. I should not be afraid of a fruit. I am like, it's something that I'm working on, but like, I understand where it came from. But if you're asking for weird food things, like I am a walking weird food.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. And you know, I'd never had an avocado until I was very an adult, like very past being an adult. I'd never gone and eaten Mexican food anywhere until after Rob and I were married. In fact, when we were dating, we went out with a group of people he had met and they went to a Mexican restaurant and I didn't eat anything because I didn't, I didn't know what to order. I didn't know what the things meant. I didn't, you know, I had never I didn't know what was going to come on the things. Like every, I understand everybody knows what a taco is. Right. But like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And so like my fear just took, and I just sat there and like the 15 plus that's just too many people for me. Like if we're being honest,
1: let's talk about the real issue here. The
0: the real (laughs) issue is new people, too many of them loud Mm place. that. And no, but like, I had never eaten a lot of those types of things because they were just expensive, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it didn't, if it couldn't be grown or it wasn't like the, the vegetable that was, you know, not outlandish, then we weren't getting it. So there was, there wasn't going to be any of that when I was growing up. So Mm -hmm. I totally understand that for sure. But like, but, if you ever
1: need someone to make you a cinnamon toast, I'm a killer.
0: Right. <laughs> but don't make it with my bread. <laughs> okay. But I know we only did two things, but I kind of feel like that's the end.
1: Yeah, I should probably let people go.
0: Do you feel like that's the end? It's
1: probably the end. Okay.
0: I, well, then we're done. Okay. Love you. Bye.
1: Love you. Bye. <laughs>